Hey everyone, my name is Monty and I'm a pastor here at Meadows Church. And I just wanna thank you for joining us today. Wherever you're watching from, wherever you're listening from, you are welcome. And we're just believing that God is going to do something supernatural in this message. So again, thank you and God bless you. Amen, go ahead and have a seat. Well, like I said, my name is Casey and it's, it is so good to be with you today. You know, it wasn't an easy decision this time. Monty reached out to me again. He said, hey, Casey, could you come back? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to come back. But he's like, but there's one thing that needs to happen. That mustache is not welcome back. I'm like, <laughs> ouch, that hurts. That hurts. So obviously, I love you guys so much. I was willing to shave it off. As you can see, it's, it's crazy how many people actually asked me to take my mask down. I'm like, people just walk off, like, let me see it. I'm like, you see what? What are you talking about? This is weird. Like, take the mask down. I want to see the mustache. I'm like, no, you're not going to see it. It's going to be a surprise. But so good to be with you today. I'm glad I'm back. Mati is doing better. He's, he still can't smell. He still can't taste, but he's doing better. So, so he's, keep praying for him. Um, he will be back sooner than later. But so glad to be here with you today. Um, I don't know about you, but my response isn't always the best. Anybody here can relate? Like, maybe when you respond, you make things worse instead of better? Or am I alone in that? Oh, well, fair enough. Maybe I'm alone. Great. Maybe you guys should be up here. But anyways, so this Thanksgiving, um, it, it was great. We got these little turkey, like, they're like, actually, they were, they were chickens, like rubber band chickens. And you could pull them back, and you could shoot them at people. It was amazing. It was great. But one, this one time, I was just, you know, randomly shooting them. My wife was about 20 feet away from me. Not paying attention, of course, and I'm sitting there, and I'm pulling it back, and I'm pulling it back. I'm just waiting. You know, I wasn't planning on hitting her in the face or anything, but sometimes things happen, right? Sometimes it doesn't quite go as planned, so I let it go, and it's flying, it's flying, it's flying. All of a sudden, boom, right in the middle of the forehead. And this is the one time my response was good. Like, it wasn't a bad response. It was just like one of those, I'm sorry. Like, it was like... I didn't want to make it any worse because I knew I was going to have to keep my head on a swivel because she was going to get me back. Thankfully, she forgave me. Thankfully, we lived past that. But there's been times where I haven't responded in the best nature, the best way. I don't know about you, but there's been a couple of times this year where things didn't go quite as planned. And there's been things that, you know, I've had to figure out and try to get through. A couple of weeks ago, my, my daughter's daycare was shut down. So me and my wife were working from home. Daycare shut down. I have a one-year-old, and I don't know about you, but getting work done with a one-year-old running around isn't the best thing. Like, it's, it's hard to get anything done with a one-year-old, let alone trying to get any work done, anything else. Like, so she was down in the basement with me. That's where I have my office set up, and she is just terrorizing our basement. The toys everywhere, which is fine. Like, stay distracted. There's moments where I could get some work done, but it was just, it was a tough week, right? Because we're juggling, watching her juggling, getting work done, and on top of that. You know, that, that my wife's working from home as well. Her job is being super stressful and challenging. And so we're, we're trying to juggle all these things. All of a sudden, you know, supper's happening later. My son, he has some schoolwork that needs to get done. He's six. He's in first grade. And all of a sudden, it happens. Like any other night, bedtime. <laughs> bedtime happens. And it never fails that at 9 o'clock, he is hungry. It's like, buddy, you've had all this time to get a snack. You had all this time to eat something. But now we have, it's pretty standard. Like, bedtime is, hey, brush your teeth, pray, 
or Bible story, then pray. That's it. That's what we do. We go to bed. But this time, I don't know why, he kept like, I need a snack. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Like, fine, go get a snack. But of course, this one time, not this one time, but any, every time, basically, like, you never have what they want. Never. Like, you, they can't find anything. There's nothing good in the household. So it's just a struggle. So I'm holding my daughter at this time. It's late. I still have some work to do. I have to go back and log in and finish some stuff up. So I'm getting stressed. I don't know about you, but when I get stressed, sometimes my response isn't always the best. Anybody else? Maybe a few people nodding their heads. This continues to go on, and, and finally it's 9 30. Like, buddy, <laughs> I come out of the living room, like, buddy, you need to pick a snack. Going forward, you have to have a snack done by this time, X, X, and X. And it was not the best response. And of course, my wife being the wise one, I'm usually the calm one, but my wife in this moment in time, like, you know what? This isn't really his fault. This is our fault, too. And I'm like, oh, like, ever, like, oh she's right. I know that, but I'm not going to say you're right. Um, but I know you're right. Like, my response wasn't the best. It actually made the situation worse. It did not help my son pick a snack any quicker. In fact, it actually made him mad at me that night, that next day, and I felt awful. I did not make that situation better. My response to that situation was not good. And who here knows that your response matters? Like, our response matters. When we face something, our response matters. And we've had many opportunities this year to respond to different things. Many different opportunities. And how our response, how we respond impacts not only us, but others. So I don't know about you, but maybe when someone cuts you off in traffic, how does that make you feel? Right? What about when your hours are cut? What if you're forced to wear a mask? What if voting all of a sudden doesn't go the way you want it to go? Like, how do you respond in those situations? Because life is going to hit. And life is going to hit hard. Life is going to happen. And how are we going to respond when it does happen? I'm a, I'm, I love watching boxing, UFC. I love those type of, of sporting events. And I love the Rocky series. There's a quote in one of the Rocky, Rocky movies that says this. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sun, sunshine and rainbows. It is a very mean and nasty place, and it'll beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you've got to be willing to take the hit and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you are because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. Our response to situations reveals our identity. It reveals our character. It reveals what we believe. So when life hits hard, how do you respond? What does that reveal about you and what you believe? Because you got to believe it. It's going to hit. Work is going to get hard. It's going to get stressful. You're not going to be able to complete everything. Your boss is going to breathe down your neck. Life is going to hit hard. How are you going to respond? Being a parent isn't easy. It's going to hit. If you're not a parent yet, it's not easy. It's going to hit hard. There's going to be challenges. But when, life, when, when being a parent hits, how are you going to respond? If you're a student, school's not easy. All right? It's going to hit hard. There's going to be challenges. How are you going to respond when it does hit? Marriage, being in a relationship, is not easy. 
There's going to be challenges. When those challenges come, how are you going to respond? Because how you respond reveals more about you than anything else. So when life hits hard, when you get hit, when you face a beatdown, are you willing to get up? Can you get up? Will you keep moving forward? Will you keep fighting? And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking in this blindsided series. Like, we're all going to be blindsided. It's going to happen. How do we overcome that? How do we keep moving forward? How do we respond? And I love the stories in the Bible. I love the examples that have gone before us. And I love how they show us what they did. And if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn to Acts 16. This is Acts 16. We're talking about this guy named Paul. His name used to be Saul. He was completely transformed by Jesus. He was on this Damascus road and Jesus met him. He was a guy that used to kill Christians. Now he was witnessing so people would become Christians. His life was completely changed. And here he is. This is on Acts 16. This is his second missionary um, journey. He's going out again to reach people. He thought he was going to Asia. Like we talked about last week, it's not so much about the pathway, it's about the destination. So he was supposed to be going to Asia, he thought, but the Holy Spirit told him, hey, no, in this vision, go to Macedonia. And so his pathway changed, but the destination didn't. His pathway changed, but the destination didn't. So he kept moving forward, he kept going, and we're actually going to be starting in verse 22. On this second missionary journey, people are being saved, people are being transformed, but these Jewish people, Actually, these people, these, these Jesus followers are now in these Roman countries and they're messing up their way of life. They're changing how they're living. They're changing how, they're, they're losing, how, they, how they make money. And so that's where we're at in verse 22. It says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. And the city officials ordered them, stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They're getting beat down, right? They're facing a beat down. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they couldn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Paul and Silas, life is hitting them hard, beat up, stripped down, locked up in prison. And here's this jailer. He has one purpose, right? His purpose is to make sure these prisoners don't escape. Verse 25. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. I don't know about you, if I'm getting beat up, if I'm locked in prison, my response isn't probably going to be that. I don't know about you, but this is a pretty weird response, right? They're, they're singing praises, they're praying. And here all these prisoners are listening to how they're responding. We'll, get more, we'll talk more about that here in a moment. And the key here is the situation they're in didn't dictate who they worshipped. Like, we don't... We don't praise and worship and serve a what. We praise, we worship, we serve a who. Like a living God who is with us. It's not the situation or our circumstances that dictate what we believe in. Our belief is in someone who's always with us when we're facing battles. So our praise is not based on a what. It's based on a who. So when we have a situation like Paul and Silas, will we worship our worry? Will we praise our pout? What will we do? Will we, will we worship our worry? Will we, will we praise or pout? Will we pray or get angry? Will we get better or bitter? Like we're going to face a battle. We're going to face a challenge. And our response matters. 
And I truly believe it's who we worship, not what we worship, that will dictate our response. And some of the best lessons I've learned, just like it says here, the prisoners were watching. Some of the best lessons I've ever learned is by watching someone go through a challenge, watching someone go through a battle, and how they stay faithful, how they keep praising God no matter what they're going through. Goes on to say in verse 26, suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. Because he had one purpose, right? His purpose was to make sure those prisoners don't escape. When he woke up and saw the prison doors open, all of a sudden his purpose, he failed. His situation was going to cause him to do something. And he was going to make his situation a lot worse by how he responded. But thanks be to God that Paul was there. Thanks be to God that Paul wasn't pouting. Thanks be to God that no matter what, that Paul was in prison, he still had a purpose. So Paul here says something. He shouted to them, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. Don't stop, don't, don't kill yourself. We're here. And like I said, thankfully, Paul realized that even though he was in prison, he still had a purpose to serve. He still had a purpose to live out. And that jailer became his purpose. Like, if he was too busy worrying about getting out of jail, as soon as those doors opened up, he would have been gone. Right? If that was his focus, but that was not his focus. His focus was on his purpose. And so here he is. He says to this jailer, hey, don't, don't give up. You have more than just this. You have a bigger purpose than this. So I don't know about what battle you're facing, what struggle you have. Maybe you made a mistake. That mistake is not to define you. Your identity is not in what you do. Your identity is in, in who made you and who created you. So know that no matter what happens, no matter what you do, you can learn from it. You can keep moving on from any mistake you make. And trust me, you have a church that loves you and that's here for you. You have a God that loves you and that's here for you. So if you ever get to the point where you feel like, you know what, I just made, made too many mistakes. My life's not worth it. Please, please, please reach out. You have people that love you. You have people that care for you. You have people that are there for you. And you have a God that loves you and cares for you as well. So Paul shouts out, stop. Don't kill yourself. We are all here. Verse 29. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Interesting question, right? Because you've got to believe that this jailer here was listening as well, was witnessing Paul and Silas singing praise, worshiping, praying to God. And all of a sudden he asked the question, what does it take to be saved? And all of a sudden the roles flipped. Right? You would think that Paul, being the prisoner, would be the one that's in bondage, but it's not the case. The jailer, who wasn't chained up, is actually the one that is in bondage, that is changed up. He is the one that needs to be saved, not Paul. It's not, it's not our circumstances that save us or that, 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 that identify us as being free or not. It's who our Savior is that frees us. If we know Jesus Christ, the one who sets us free, and if you know the Son, you're free indeed, like it, that's what the freedom is. Like You can be in jail and be completely free. You can be out of jail and still be in bondage if you don't know who Jesus is. He is the one who saves you. Belief in him 
sets you free. Like I said, if you know the son, then you're free indeed. So here the jailers asking the question, what does it take to be saved? Paul and Cyrus replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. His whole household, they rejoiced. They were baptized. And so one of the key things that Paul shows us here, and what I believe is key for my life, and I think is key in your life, we might not be able to change our situation, but we can change how we handle the situation. We're going to face situations. We might not be able to change those situations, but we can definitely change how we handle those situations. We can change how we respond to those situations. I don't, I don't know if you know this name, but, but Viktor Frankl, he was a, a Holocaust survivor. He says this, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. He goes on to say, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And it's in this space that we have the power to choose our response. We always have an opportunity to choose our response. And our response reveals what we believe. So here's this man, this this, this Holocaust survivor who spent four years in this concentration camp. He was herded like cattle. He had not much food to eat and just terrible conditions, something that we could never fathom. But here he understood that there was actually meaning in his suffering. There was a purpose in his situation. And because he knew that, because he knew his why, he could face anything. Like when you know your why, you can survive any how or what. Like, it'll get you through any situation, any circumstance, any trial, any battle, if you know your why, if you know your purpose. And he, Frank, shows us that, or Victor Frankl shows us that, that those who have a why to live can bear with almost any how. If you find your purpose, then you can overcome any challenge that life throws at you. And life's going to throw stuff at you. You're going to be faced with things. I wish I could tell you life was full of rainbows and unicorns, but it's not. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But there's always hope. If Jesus is with you, if Jesus is in you, our response changes dramatically. If Jesus is with us and we believe that he is for us, our response to those battles change. Just like Paul and Silas, their response changed. So it's not so much about the situation. It's our response to the situation that matters. The situation isn't the main thing. The main thing is how we respond to that situation. So the jailer, just like all of us, will face things, face situations. We will be blindsided. But our response reveals our identity. It reveals what we truly believe. The jailer realized that his identity is wrapped up in his job. It is wrapped up in doing one thing. And then he realized that that was not his sole purpose. He realized there was more. And hope you realize there's more as well. The passage is interesting. It says that he asked what it takes to be saved. And, and, and Paul and Cyrus tells him, hey, to be saved, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's funny that, that, that as you continue to read, it says his whole 
household was baptized. Baptism is a response to belief. It doesn't say they, they prayed a sinner's prayer, but they responded to this message of believing in Jesus Christ by getting baptized. Our response reveals what we believe. The jailer and his family believed, so then they were baptized. So my question here for you, first question is, do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in who he is and what he did for you? If that's a yes, praise God. If you don't know yet, ask questions. If you're unsure, we're here for you. But this is your time today to make that decision, just like that jailer, that you're tired of, of facing battles yourself. Take that card, that green connect card, and mark, I choose Jesus. If you're watching online, type in, I choose Jesus. When you have Jesus in your life, all of a sudden your battles and how you face them changes. How you respond to battles changes. All of a sudden, you're surrounded like we just saw, we we're saying about. All of a sudden, the battles we face aren't as big as they, they, they appear because our God is so much bigger. So your response today, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't believe in Jesus, say yes. Say yes to Jesus. He is for you. He is with you. And if that is you, if you have said yes to Jesus, our response to our belief is getting baptized. To get baptized. Baptism doesn't save you. But baptism is an expression. It reveals, right? It's a response to what, what our faith is, what's happening in us. It's like this wedding ring. Like this ring reveals that I'm married, that inside me there's a love for my wife, and this is an outward expression of that love. Baptism is the same thing, of what's happening in you, making the world know that you believe, that you're part of the family, that you love Jesus and Jesus loves you. It's making it public. So maybe you're here and maybe you're baptized as a child, which is great, but we believe a decision needs to be made, a response to your faith needs to happen, and that response is being baptized if you believe. So if you have not been baptized, we would love to see that happen. December 20th, we're planning on having a baptism event. We would love for you to mark, I want to get baptized. Once again, if you're watching online, type in baptism. We would love to talk to you more about what that means, what that looks like. It's an expression of our faith. It makes our faith public. It's a response to what we believe. It's showing people that we love Jesus and he loves us. It reveals what we believe. One of the, one of the key things that, that really stuck out to me, obviously this whole passage is crazy how it happens, but verse 34 says this. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire house rejoiced because they all believed in God. They rejoiced because they all believed in God. I'm not sure the actual last time I actually rejoiced in just my belief in God. I don't know about you. A lot of times I rejoice when, when I'm blessed with something. I rejoice when something goes well. But when was the last time you actually rejoiced just because you believe in God? It's a challenge for me. I hope it's probably a challenge for you as well. But, but Pastor Monty did something this past week on his Facebook page. I'm not sure if you saw it. But he posted this, this prayer of thanks. Here Pastor Monty is, quarantined to this room during Thanksgiving. But yet he posted this thing about being thankful. That it's not about, about what God will do for me, but it's what God has done for me already. 
He has saved me. It's what he's already done. So this prayer of thanks says this, God, you are good and your steadfast love endures forever. Even in the hardest seasons, I always have a reason to worship you. Thank you for giving me victory and abundant life in Jesus Christ. Although I don't deserve it, you shower me with unconditional love and forgiveness. No matter what the future may hold, I will shout for joy because you are with me. You comfort me and bless me in the presence of my enemies. Nothing compares to you and no weapon can stand against you. In all things, I am more than a conqueror through you. I want to praise you with my life. Be glorified through me, God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Sounds very familiar to the Paul and Silas moment, right? Beaten, stripped down in prison, but thanks be to God. Singing praises, praying, no matter what's happening, their response to their situation, their response to the battle of facing was to rejoice and to praise. That's our, that's our response as well. If you are a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus, that's our response. It's not going to be easy. It's not just, uh, hey, life is great. It's amazing. But we still praise a good God, a God that's with us and that's for us. It's not this optimism that, hey, everything's going to be perfect. Everything's going to be great. No, it's this optimism that God is good. He's always great. He's always with us. He's always for us. And that's our response. No matter what battle we face, no matter what our circumstances are, we can still praise. We can still worship. We can still pray. We rejoice because we believe in a God that's good. We rejoice for who God is. We rejoice for what God has done for us. And we can respond with praise, with prayer, with worship, no matter what's happening around us, no matter what's happening to us, no matter what battle we're facing. Our response reveals what we believe. And we might not be able to change our situation, but we can definitely change how we respond to that situation. We can respond in such a way that shows those around us who we believe in and who is with us and who's for us. Let me pray for you. Father God, we will face battles. We will face challenges. Help us to be more like Paul and Silas. Help us to be more like like Pastor Monty. That no matter what we're facing, no matter what struggle we have, even though our pathway isn't going the way we planned, that we can praise you. We can give you thanks in all circumstances. That, That we're not fighting our battles alone. That our weapons our praise and thanksgiving. Help us to respond in that way. God, I know that that 2020 has been challenging, but I also believe that there's going to be more challenges, more battles that we're going to face. And I just know that we need you more. We need you more now than ever. Help us respond in such a way that reflects what we believe. And Father God, if there's someone here that doesn't believe yet, We pray that today is the day. That today is the day they say yes to you. That they they believe in you and who you are and what you did for them. That you love them so much that you sent your son Jesus for them. And we thank you for that, Father God. We give you praise for that. It's not what you will do, but it's what you already done for us. So thank you for that. We also thank you for the people that are going to say yes to baptism. That are going to express their belief in you publicly by getting baptized. They're going to respond to the belief by getting baptized. 
And we're gonna celebrate that as a church family. We're gonna welcome them into the family. We're gonna thank you for what you're doing in their lives and how you're gonna continue to transform them, continue to, to change them from the inside out. And Father God, I just pray that our response to anything we face, our response to every battle that comes our way, that we respond with praise, that we respond with worship, that we know we can come to you, that we can pray to you, and that you're always with us and for us. And we truly do believe that the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for watching today, but don't stop there. We want to invite you to be part of our Meadows family. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our Meadows YouTube channel. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend. I encourage you. So many people are looking for hope and encouragement, and you and I have the ability to bring it to them. So again, thanks for watching, and God bless you.